Hello, Anar. We are back this week to talk about content distribution. Um, what does that mean? Uh, we're going to try to talk about a strategy for taking the main content that you work on, um, and that might be in the form of, of videos or podcasts. Uh, before the show, you were asking me if it means long-term articles. We can get into that. Or like long-form articles, like magazine-length things or medium posts. Um but we want to talk about this distribution model so that we can meet uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's challenge for everybody in 2019 and in 2020, uh, which is that you should be putting out um, 40, 50 pieces of content a day. Um, and that seems like a lot, um, but it doesn't seem like a lot if you use this sort of method, which is all about repurposing the content that you have or, or sort of putting out a main piece of content and then getting... Uh, derivative pieces from that. Um, so I think this stuff is hard to talk about in the abstract. So let's talk about uh, a specific example. Yeah. So a specific example for, yeah, a specific example for us might be this podcast, right? So this is a long form thing. We're going to be talking for however many minutes this goes and it's on a specific topic. And in this podcast episode, we're going to touch on all these little mini topics and there's going to be hopefully some interesting content along the way. And those points of interest can be drawn out then. Um, so you can imagine we, we give this whole talk about how to distribute your content. And uh, maybe we pull out a quote there about how to repurpose content for LinkedIn or how to repurpose content on Facebook, whatever it is. Um, for one of our clients, it might be something like we're talking about educational choice. And we're going to talk about that topic for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Maybe you've got an interview going with someone. Um, from that interview, you can pull out quote after quote after quote after quote. And now maybe give a slice of audio to go along with it. You put the quote into the text of something, and now you can post it all over the place. Um, so that's the that's the big idea. And then we want to get into the nuts and bolts of how you do that, where you post what. Am I making sense so far? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so let's talk about like um, where we think like main content, that big bulky content gets posted. So number one with a bullet is Facebook. Facebook just has so much user engagement, so many users on it. There are more people uh, that are regular Facebook users than are regular YouTube users or podcast listeners, or Twitter users, or anything else. Um, so Facebook's just an excellent place uh, to place these things. And if they so, are... Uh, so can you explain in that context what uh, a main content item on Facebook would look like, for example? Yeah, like I think I think it's a, it's a long-form video. So it's a video that's not the sort of clip that you're going to post to draw people in to make them click through right. something else. Video. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, in, in Gary Vaynerchuk's conception of all of this, it is video and audio because yeah. he talks to so many people all the time. Um, but I, I kind of, uh, for folks who are uh, invested in writing, like let's think about like our think tank clients who are writing um, magazine length articles uh, sometimes short form papers, sometimes long form papers that are 40 or 50 pages long. Um, mm. 
Mm-hmm. I think those things are great, but they are they are things that are going to be absorbed by way fewer people than the main content. I would almost I would call that like tertiary content. It's not primary or secondary because really a small number of people are going to absorb that. Small amount, um, yeah, but it, it might be good people though. Uh, so it's, yes, uh, it's it's probably the most valuable people you have, but um. But it's also like it's very hard to distribute any of those things in the format that they are in, as in no one will discover it because you put out a link that says, here's our latest 50-page study about the state of charter schools in this country. That's you know That doesn't draw you in, whereas if you have um, a pull quote from that that says something that's... Um, might defy the person's expectations or be yeah. new information in whatever way that you make it interesting, that's going to pull someone in. So that's a piece of micro content, but I might even have the main content for that article be whatever the event is that you schedule around that. So think about how policy papers are usually promoted. Um, the paper is published and then the organization holds an event and that event might be just in their own facility. Uh, I'm thinking about like the Cato Institute. Everybody trucks down to the basement and goes into the Hayek Auditorium and listens to someone on the stage talk about the paper that they just wrote. They're giving you a much more like digestible version of this long footnoted dry study of whatever the policy is. Um, And that should be thought of as the main content, the presentation, the talk, the video, the podcast about it. That's a main piece of content. The the paper is is this tertiary thing that like you're you're trying to get to the people who most need this crazy level of detail. But you're still able to provide a ton of value by getting somebody to talk about whatever the conclusions of that paper are, to give the 30-minute interview version of it. So those I think should be talked about as the the main things because it's actually going to draw people in and have a potential to lead them to that paper or lead them to something else, your email list. They're going to subscribe to that video channel. They're going to favorite you on Facebook. Those are the things that are going to build because the goal of all this, right, is to feed your audience and build your audience up so that you you have a bigger and bigger megaphone that belongs to you directly, like in the form of email or your website or your podcast, like those are, are more closely owned by you. Um, or through the channels like Facebook or YouTube or things like that, where it's not quite in your control, but it's, it's good to have a lot of people following you on those platforms. Yeah. It's good to be using them, uh, at least supplementary to, uh, you know, hosting them yourself or, uh, you know, having your podcast on a, on a feed. And, uh, you know, if you, if you have blog, it's good to have these channels to gain some following, but yeah, ultimately, of course, email, uh, I would say is, uh, is king and that you own the audience. That's the, that's the only, uh, I suppose that's the only channel to, today that works like that unless i'm forgetting something well uh, you have you have people subscribing to your your podcast and even if you get even if you get like delisted from something like 
yeah. uh, Apple Podcasts, there's they still know your RSS feed, right? Yeah. If you have a pretty good hold on that. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. It's it's a bit more uh, more passive than an email list, but you can't really uh, engage with those uh, people uh, like you can with email. But it's yeah, it's it's kind of yeah. You, you still own it though. Yeah, so. I'm just talking about degrees of ownership and control. Um, and it's not so much that like anyone's worried about getting like deplatformed. Like, like, um, I don't think we're, we're not trying to talk to anybody who's pushing out like Alex Jones level content, uh, that is, that is kind of crazy and is at risk of, of getting them booted. But it's, it's also just that people are fickle on some of those, um, platforms and that people may come and go. I think it's worth investing in all of these because once you have a process in place, for taking existing main content, like what we're talking about, podcasts, videos, things that are longer form, but are still um, really engaging to a wide number of people. I mean, once you have a process for cutting those things up, what's the additional effort for publishing it on Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter? It really should be minimal. So if you're if you're already posting to Facebook, you should be posting on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Snap, and Twitter. Um, so I, I hope we're talking about, so anyway, I hope we're talking about the people are getting the idea of this. It's a kind of an easier thing to explain visually, and I will include some stuff in the show notes about it. Um, but you know, Gary V and I agree with him thinks of main content as video on Facebook, video on YouTube, your podcast. And he also lumps in, uh, IGTV, Instagram television, um, and I know folks may think like, you know, you brought this up. What did you say about Instagram when we were discussing the record? No, I, I suppose that's more, it has to be more about my personal circle or something, but my uh, general uh, view of, of what Instagram is, is that it's for more for young people, for models, and uh, maybe I don't know travel agencies. Uh, very, it's very yeah, it's like travel it's photos, very pictures, content. cool cars. Yeah, yeah. very superficial content. Uh, so, but there are other uh, folks I, who I, use I, it for things like, you know, that travel content can easily be. Um, Okay, people are interested in in pictures of faraway places. Why not show them faraway places where you're doing like development work in the third world or the developing world? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, if if they go to Instagram for good looking people, I don't know. Did you have a good looking presenter recently? Put them put them up there. If you had not so good looking a presenter, but people in like. I think people looking like they're happy, engaged. Um, you know, even if you're not, uh, whatever Kylie Jenner, uh, that you, that you're charismatic and you have an appeal because it looks like you're lit up about whatever you're talking about. Um, and there's also, you know, there's ways of, of grabbing interesting imagery and associating it with these things. Yeah. Interesting imagery. I I think, uh, I'm not sure if you agree, but I, I think it's worth trying all these platforms. Uh, and then, seeing you know how you how how you succeed 
or if you succeed in one or, or all of them, um, you know how how well you fare in each of them. I don't know if it makes sense to bang your head against the wall if you really you're just not able to optimize and get good results on uh, every every one of them. Then maybe it's better to uh, focus on the ones that where you're getting some return on your investment of time. But what do you think about that? Do you think you, every one of these platforms can work for every type of business or, or organization? I mean, you definitely want to measure and figure out um, and, and figure out what sort of effect that they're having, right? Like it's, yeah, it's just absolutely not. It's it's absolutely not going to be the case that you would say if you just put enough effort into each one of these, each one of them is going to pay equal dividends. It's just not true. Um, but the the question is then you measure how much you're getting out of them, and you yeah. put a corresponding amount of energy back into it. You know, in order to develop an audience, you may need to put a little bit more into it than what you're getting out of it in order for it to grow, and eventually it will be paying you back. Um. But yeah. like, um, there's a lot of creative ways to do this. Without the, the key thing is just figuring out the way to spend the least amount of effort, the least amount of fussiness. Don't go into Photoshop and start changing around images, and all this other stuff that you can think of. Right, as soon as people look at something like this about distributing onto multiple platforms, they start thinking like about all the work they're going to have to put in. When I look at a list like this, I think, how can I do this in five minutes? And there are ways to do it. Um. So for example, um, if you've put out a podcast, how do you post that on Instagram? You can do a short video. If there's not even a way easily to translate that over, take an iPhone and film your screen playing a five second good clip of the podcast. Yeah. You know, and post post that on Instagram. It's very easy. There are TikTok videos of people um showing their screen. Um, with a YouTube video that they just made and they're hyping their YouTube video on TikTok. Like there are ways of putting content out there that just put something in front of people and get them intrigued about it. And, and it's, it's just, it's better than nothing, right? It's a, it's that thing of if you're too concerned about the quality and you have this high standard and you're not going to put out anything, then you're, you're absolutely a marketing loser. Um, you know, <laughs> put, put, putting yeah. nothing into the platform means you're going to get nothing out of it. So if you can say, well, what if I just put in the the barest thing, you know, possible that's not embarrassing and unprofessional? I don't think it's unprofessional to say, you know, I, I say the Cato Institute because they're not a they're not a client and they're a big they're a big think tank and they are similar to some of our other clients. Um. But I, I don't think it would be bad to have a, a candid sort of video that people expect saying, we just put out a new Cato podcast. It got 20,000 downloads. You know, check it out and then play a little clip from the show. Done. You're out. I mean, how much did, how much time did that take? Especially if you're already queuing up little clips to post to, to, um, to Facebook. Um, so, uh, well, let's yeah, talk about how you break break these things up then into the into the micro clips. Um, yep. All right. So, what do we have listed as our as our micro platforms? Uh, so, micro platforms. We have Facebook, LinkedIn, 
on Instagram, which we just touched on, uh, Snapchat and Twitter. So for Facebook, uh, are we, will we just be looking at taking uh, quotes from a podcast, for example, and or or um, because the main content can be on Facebook as well, right? So would yeah. you post micro content on Facebook as well if the main content is there? That doesn't matter. You still, yeah, absolutely, because kind of, yeah. Yeah, because I, I think you're going to post like the long form video as a native video on Facebook, um, mm-hmm. and then you may be doing things like when we post our podcast and we're in super promotion mode, which we haven't been lately, but we can get back to that. One of the easiest workflows is take that podcast, um, get a transcript of it generated. We use a service called Rev for that. Um, that transcript then allows you to search for like key phrases and you can kind of make notes as you're going through the podcast or it's, it's actually um, pretty quick to scrub through a transcript and that scrant that transcript is timestamped. So you can find the 10 or 12 or 15 or 20 sentences from that podcast that are interesting mm-hmm. and then generate clips of those. So like we use Simplecast and Simplecast has a function called recasting um, that allows you to make these clips that are something like between maybe it's a minimum of five and a maximum of 90 seconds. 90 seconds is kind of long if you're just trying to pique people's interest. Um, but yeah, you can grab those clips and then content, but. yeah, you can upload them natively to Facebook. So you might queue up five or 10 of those, um, you know, one for each clip that you've got, you throw those into Facebook and queue them up to publish for the next week. Well, you're waiting for the next episode of your podcast to roll around. Um, you can then do the same. You can take those same clips and uh, push them onto YouTube and then post those on LinkedIn and po- post them on Twitter. Both LinkedIn and Twitter, I think, will take those uh, YouTube clips and um, and support them natively so it, it does a nice like embed in there. Um, you can take those same clips and you've got a video file that you just put on Facebook. You can post them to Instagram. There are tools where you can post to both at once and then you can post them to snap. It's the same damn content. Um, yeah. So, so that's, uh, that's a way of it being really easy. And, and I just copy, uh, I copy the content out of the transcript and post it maybe with some, some context at the beginning on our latest episode of the tallest tree podcast. We talked about social, social media colon quote boom and it's something that's you know the key is you do have to put in some effort of picking out those interesting quotes but once you've got them um you've got either youtube embeds or or um like mp4 files and just upload them and you're good to go yeah and just about the length i mean that's always going to depend on the length of your original content it's going to be relative to that usually uh so, uh, but for a general podcast, yeah, 90 seconds for a clip is probably uh, a good uh, maximum to have in mind. But so would you recycle the same clip for multiple channels or would you make some exclu- exclusive content for each? Well, I mean, maybe if you're, trying to, case, if you're trying to, yeah, I, th- I think there are. We kind of have there to are certain, maybe uh, yeah, in Instagram and maybe maybe in Twitter too. I, I'm not sure. Depends. 
Uh, I mean, Twitter, I think, is good for for short ter- for short video clips. Yeah. And I think if they're short, they can go just about anywhere. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, you can try to be more Instagram-y and like selfie and personal and so on about something and make special clips. But I mean, I think my requirement would be yeah. first, hit all the platforms. If you're not doing that, rethink your strategy. Um, because if you if you're right. being too precious about everything and you're saying, well, I can't I can't dedicate this level of preciousness to five different platforms, like get less precious and get out there. Because the the way of thinking about these micro pieces of content is that they are ads for the big content. So you don't have to feel bad that they're not um, telling the whole story and giving giving everybody. Um, whatever this like long, long bit of content. They're not supposed to be that they're, they're supposed to be getting someone's attention and giving them an opportunity to click through to the big content. Yeah. Um, So uh, I, I think, yeah, I think it's important to at least consider the platform that you are uh, posting a clip to, because I mean, I've, I've seen some examples of like, I'm not sure if I should attempt pronouncing this actor's name but uh matthew mcconaughey that's how you say his name you got it you nailed it uh, they stuck the whole thing like it. a gymnast okay uh, well so he uh recently opened an instagram and it's extremely uh produced it's uh he obviously has a lot of people behind it he definitely is not posting the first take of his uh videos there he will he it's very professional which is not uh really what most people would expect from an instagram account i don't know if it's bad maybe it's working well for him i haven't really stopped to think about that but uh i i think at least for most people it like you said just don't don't take it too seriously don't don't uh just try to post everywhere in the beginning and try to consider, you know, what works best for each platform at the same time. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think that sort of thing, obviously he is able to do that because he has the resources, but I, I'm not sure if that's even the best strategy if you have the resources. I, I think you should try to consider the strengths of each platform. And Instagram is, uh, you know, it's not expected that you post extremely produced content uh that would maybe be more expected on something like youtube uh yeah but i mean look look at youtube and look at who has look at who has you know the this these massive audiences um pewdiepie has 102 million subscribers now and a lot of his stuff is like mm-hmm. vlogging sort of content it's just him sitting at his desk talking into a yeah. webcam and not not always um not just like me now, not always with a coherent thought, not always with something that's like super well thought out. He's not always speaking in the most eloquent language, but it's just, it's genuine and it connects to people. Yeah. I think if you're genuine and you try to connect to people and especially with the, the, the sort of stuff that we're talking about is not going to be like super shoestring. Cause what we're talking about is does your organization produce like 50, 50 things that could be called main content a year. Let's just start with that because it's mm-hmm. it's about one a week. Maybe you're taking off in the summer and a week for Christmas, right? Um, 
a lot of the organizations that we work with, middle-sized nonprofits, are going to be able to do that. So they have a podcast coming out, or mm-hmm. a talk, or somebody went, you know, was interviewed somewhere else, or participated in a talk somewhere else. You can take that stuff, chop it up into these pieces, and put it out on these platforms at scale easily. And if you've got someone who's a dedicated social media person, then you should 100% be able to do this. If you've got one person doing it, you should be able to hit all platforms with some like minimum viable piece of micro content. If you've got multiple people on a team, then sure. You say, uh, all right, I'm going to generate the clips and then I'm going to push them out to you and you know, um, Betty, you're the Instagram and Snap and Twitter specialist, and Lou, you're taking on LinkedIn and Facebook, and they might have their own idea for what works there. Um, yeah, uh, but I, but the the main thing is like just get out and and be seen everywhere in whatever f- format you have, um, and and I think if you've if you've got that main content, you should be able to feed all of these platforms something. Um, all right, let, let's talk about the articles piece. Um, so along with re- recorded and uh, with, along with audio and video content, there is a thing called the written word. Uh, so where do we recommend posting those things? Uh, so according to Gary, we are talking about Quora medium, for example, uh, the web, which you can maybe, <laughs> that's just everywhere, or is that a specific entity? Well, your uh, specific, your specific website. Yeah. Or right. Yeah. Right. Websites, any number of websites. Right. So we can just think of, yeah. Medium so has kind of like, become a guest platform. For example, like a yeah. guest article. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. if you do, um, if, if, if you're doing like a panel discussion with four different people, I mean, ask them afterwards, can we write, you know, can we, post something on your um yeah on your organization's blog or we you know will you be blogging about it there um yeah so email's another source for people and linkedin is actually a good place for mm-hmm. long t- long form content um people go onto linkedin to engage with they're in like a business mindset so someone may be going onto linkedin yeah, just I had the best way is in a totally different mindset. They're looking at um, how their professional, what their professional contacts are up to. Maybe they're looking at people who they might want to work with on a project in the future, or hire, or they're looking, they're looking to jump ship and find a new job. Whatever it is, yeah, that's often the case. Uh, and LinkedIn has also become a place for just business, um, business content. Um, so even for our our think tank clients or our nonprofit clients working in like the education sphere. If you write a long form piece and that could be long form, like 400 to 800 words or something like that. Um, it might actually get read all the way through on, on LinkedIn. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and may, maybe you adopt a strategy of I've got a, I've, I've written a blog post um, or I've written a medium post. I'm going to maybe make some medium exclusive stuff. And then you post like, part of that to LinkedIn with a, with a link to click through to the main article. Um, let's say the first half of it, you could take us, take on a strategy like that. Um, so articles are going to take the most amount of, they're going to take more effort. You've got to write something new. Um, 
But oftentimes you're doing this as part of a content distribution strategy anyway, especially our think tank clients. I mean, all they do are is produce content and then reproduce it into a bunch of, you know, repurpose it into a bunch of other forms. Um, but yeah, so that, I mean, I think people are getting the point of this where we've talked about it a lot. Uh, you know, the key components here are you have a big piece of main content that is engaging and that's going to be audio or video. It's going to support those sort of long-term, th- long-form things you have like papers. Those are really tertiary pieces that are highly specialized. So you're you're casting a wide net for a big audience with the with the main content. You're advertising those pieces of main content with micro content, and then you've got articles as a sort of secondary way of promoting that. Um, there's even a smaller number of people who are going to dedicate themselves to reading articles, and all of that might be to bring people back to that white paper, find the right hundred people that you need to have seeing that white paper who are actually going to read it. Um, And as much as you can, those main content pieces also need to capture your audience. So whether that's uh, hit the like and subscribe button below when you're on YouTube or make sure to like our page when they're on Facebook or um, you can download a copy of this white paper below by submitting your email here. Um, and always trying to capture so that you can keep growing your own megaphone. Um, but a key component of all of this is, um, don't just do this blindly and keep posting. Um, you know, we talked about this earlier, check what's working. Um, so you've got to measure your progress on these things. So you, you measure how that main content is doing all the micro content related to it. Um, You can do this in a general way. Just how is each one of our channels growing? Do we have more, you know, likes and follows here or there? You can also do this through tagging. Um, Like one of the, uh, one of the tools that I use for posting all over social media is called meet Edgar. Uh, I guess it's just Edgar, but it's at meetedgar.com. And Edgar is the little octopus uh, cartoon that they use as the mascot for this. But what it is, is it's social media scheduling and you divide your content into categories. So like Think Tank could do that. Um, They could create a category for um, each area of study. They could create a category for a new paper. Whatever it is, it means that you'll be able to see how effective the content was about that, you know, specific topic or maybe even a specific paper or specific event that you're trying to promote. And you can schedule it out on all those platforms. Um, but it's pretty simple. Look for things that work and do more of that. Does, uh, does Edgar provide you with any recommendations or is, it just gives you like a bird's eye view? Uh, it gives you recommendations about like when to post on certain platforms. So it does continue to take, okay. um, it, it continues to measure your success there. And then when you go to redo your your content posting schedule, it kind of it creates like a weekly calendar, um, okay. Uh, and and you can drag blocks of categories onto there, onto that weekly calendar, and those categories are then all fed with the micro content that you queue up. Um, and okay. based on the content of the, of the micro content, you can tell it like post on these three platforms or these two platforms or all platforms. It depends on how. Um, whatever the format of it might be. Um, so you, you may decide, okay, 
we're just going to post uh, photos with minimal descriptions and those things are going to go on Instagram and snap, but we're going to do other content that goes onto Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, you may want Facebook and LinkedIn to take some of the content because it's longer form and it's just not going to be accepted on the other platforms. So, uh, yeah. but it makes managing all that stuff yeah. really easy. I've got a long piece. I click Facebook, LinkedIn, it's in the queue. I've got short pieces. I click Instagram, Snap, Twitter, maybe include Facebook and LinkedIn because they'll take long or short, post it up. It's in the queue. Um, but measure and double down on what works and then measure on what's, you know, look at what's not working and and drop that sort of stuff. So it might be a, a, a type of content that you're posting, a, a length that you're posting, whatever. Um, but pay attention to the data. And it's not only paying attention to the data, it's also reading the face, reading the, the, the feedbo- feedback and trying to actually be social on social media. Yeah. I mean, uh, like we talked about, I mean, in some cases you might be posting the same clips on some of these platforms, right? So if you see that the same clip is not performing as well, uh, you may have to adjust the content for that platform or maybe it's just maybe you haven't found a way to connect with your audience on that platform. Right. Yeah. And you you may have to ask yourself a bunch of questions about that. Like, was this because of the content length? Was it because of the subject matter? Was it because of, um, this wasn't visually engaging and Instagram people are looking for things to look Mm -hmm. at. So. Yeah. And people on LinkedIn are going to be in a more serious consumption mode than people on Facebook. Right there. Yeah, you can kind of think of like LinkedIn as I'm looking to get educated rather than looking to get entertained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just said there needs to be like a, a little bit more substance and a little less just like candy to whatever you're doing on LinkedIn. Yeah. So you'll you'll see that from the statistics from your yeah. I, so I want to give um, a a concrete example of how I did this, and we're not going to talk about a a client because almost all the work that we do is under non-disclosure agreements and we're uh, glad to honor those things. Um, but with my, my in-laws run a little bookstore out of our barn here in Lee, New Hampshire, they were, they sold books out of Boston for 30 years, uh, in the back Bay, their store is called Avenue Victor Hugo books. It's named after a street in Paris. And I used meet Edgar after hearing Neil Patel talk about it on his podcast. Um, And I took any content I could find and it's my in-laws are 72. They're not into writing things. My father-in-law is a, well, he is, they're not into writing things for social media. My father-in-law is a novelist. He takes writing like super seriously. So when you say, well, just write something very casual and conversational because we're just trying to get like the word out about things. Um, you know, he wants to write something. (laughs) Yeah. He wants to just write something thoughtful and then he's put a lot of time into, and you know, he wants to write a magazine essay. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'm dealing with that as a roadblock. So what do I do here? Um, I wrote like my own little, um, story of their store. And then I broke that up into pieces, you know, um, 
We started selling books in 1972 from a cart, and I had pictures of Vince. I got as many old pictures as I could. I got scanned pictures of the old store because they have three decades of goodwill built up in Boston. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm, the point of this is I did not have content that was um, like perfect and curated and super well-written with quotes that I could take. I had photos. I had a little story of the store. Um but I queued that up to start posting on uh, Facebook and Twitter uh, several several times a week. Uh, and then eventually I got it up to like twice a day uh, because there, there's just there's not as much content so I can't I can't give it the 50 to 60 things a day that I that I would want to do if I had you know a constant stream of podcasts and videos to break up. Um, mm-hmm. But this is this is what we had, um, and what, uh, some of that posting led to media coverage. So now I had new content. Someone was going to do the writing for me. So this was great, and clients can do this too. If someone has written about you, take that piece, and there's nothing that prevents you from taking an article where you're quoted or an article that is about you, and quote quote things. Now with these stories. I quoted every I quoted every single sentence in them because I didn't know what would resonate or every single uh, group of a few sentences if they were uh, short, concise writers. So whether it was somebody talking about the way that the aisles of the bookstore looked or the conversation that they had with with Vince, my father in law, or uh, a type of book that they looked up, or when the when the bookstore opened, or you know customers walked in and. It, talked about this, whatever it was, I just took blocks of sentences in a row out of these articles and queued them up in Meet Edgar, uh, categorized them slightly so that they would be broken up a little bit, uh, queued them to be posting now several times a day with a link back to the bookstore's blog. The bookstore's blog had a longer quote, like kind of the best quote I could find from that um, newspaper story, like they were written up in the Boston Globe and the Union Leader and Foster's Daily Democrat here in New Hampshire. A long quote from there, I would take like a screenshot of the of the paper or I would scan the front page of the paper. They were on the front page of the Saturday Boston Globe several months ago. So, so there was something visual to latch onto. And then at the bottom of that blog post, I had an offer of sign up for our, our um, email list and get the first three chapters of Vince's latest mystery novel for free. Um, so I had every element of this plan in place. And as more, um, eventually they got many, many media outlets writing about them. Every media outlet that did another thing, I cut it all up into sentences again, put it all into um, Facebook and Twitter with either screenshots or scans of the paper, some visual to go along with it, linking back to a blog article that's saying we had this piece written about us. And that email sign up at the bottom and their email list is almost doubled in size in the last three months. I mean, it started low, but it's, it's a local business. It's gone from several hundred to four or 500 and their Facebook follows have, have gone from 200 to 1200 now. Um, you know, this isn't, this isn't setting the world on fire sort of example. Um, but this is the thing I was able to do like, really in just my spare time, like a couple of like the 
the first thing was a project that I did for maybe a couple of hours, like take all those scan photos, get them queued up. And I figured at the rate that I was burning through them, and I have them set to just repost again, once it gets to the end of the queue, um, I had three months worth of social media posts queued up. It took me two hours. So that's just a ton of drumbeat. We're still here. We're still here. We're still here sort of message that you're putting out. Um, there doesn't need to be much, um, you know, you're not making profound statements about books or reading or anything on each one of these. It's just, uh, here's a picture of our old store in 1978. Interesting photo, uh, link back to the website. That's it. Uh, and it's allowed things to just grow and grow and grow. Um, and if you're looking for other content, um, here are some other ideas. Uh, I used quotes from reviews on Google, Yelp. Uh, I used Facebook comments. Um, I, like I said, I use photos with barely any caption or context. Um, but here's a, an interesting thing. I, I love taking screenshots of things. Uh, if we got a lot, a lot of comments on something, I would just take a screenshot of a block of comments and use that as a new post. Uh, because it's all people like oh, okay. waxing nostalgic about the store, but I could think about this, um, you know, with our nonprofit clients, if you get people talking about something, showing that that engagement is happening in a way other than, boy, I hope that they come across this Facebook post that happened to get 35 comments or a hundred comments or whatever it is. If you can take like good comments out of that, screenshot them, copy and paste the text as a quote and post it again on social media, you know, um, with then a link maybe back to whatever the main thing is that they're talking about. Um, so if you, if you post a, a talk about your latest, your latest paper about how to uh, encourage uh, development in Colombia, okay, uh, and a hundred people comment on it, and and in within that comment, you know, morass that is sometimes just a bunch of useless stuff, are a few people having really thoughtful exchanges. Screenshot it, quote it, put it back on there, and say like, you know, people are really reacting to our our latest conversation about development in Colombia. Um. And it's a, it's a way of demonstrating social proof where rather than hoping that people find that one Facebook thread that got a bunch of engagement, just shove it right in their face. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? <laughs> shove it in their face. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's not the nicest way of saying it, but I'm, I'm saying just like, don't, you know, don't, don't hope that people discover these things in weird little corners of the internet, lead no. them directly to it and say, here's this conversation that we inspired. Yeah. Um, especially sometimes on Twitter, I see some of our clients, like they're getting like well-known authorities on these topics, like just suddenly like showing up in the comments, talking about stuff. Um, and rather than just sort of like looking yeah, at that and going, oh, that's neat. Like, surface that for folks and use that as something all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is just, um, the, I guess I, I've got a few other thoughts bubbling to the surface of things that we didn't talk about. You can reuse these posts over and over again. I think there's a tremendous amount of like paranoia that 
someone's going to see that you're posting things over and over again, you are the only person who sees everything that you're putting out on social media. Okay. You see it all because you have to, you're the one queuing it up, right? But the average person out there is dipping into this stuff and dipping out. There's nobody who's going through and exhaustively reading their entire Facebook feed, entire Twitter, maybe Twitter feed. Maybe there are some weirdos out there who structure Twitter that way, but they are the weird exception to the rule. People dip in, you know, they're on their morning commute on the subway. They look at something. Uh, they're on their lunch break. They look at things. They're online at the bank. They look at things. I don't know if people even go to the bank and stand online. That's an old example. But you're just in these little <laughs> moments of downtime and you dip into stuff, right? Or you're just sort of vegging out on the couch at the end of the day and you're looking at stuff. Yeah. Um, um, the exception you know, would be email. You're going to catch some That's people. Some- where you see everything. But – uh, yes. Yeah. But, but even email, look at the open rates on email. Uh, even our open rate, even our email lists that are performing really well might have an open rate of 33%. So the idea that you can't take yeah, content true. from an email a month ago and put it in, I mean, maybe you, you try it. it. Maybe you, Oh, I do this had, uh, subject maybe. Yes. But I would probably not. Yes. Like a different subject, saying. switch out the, you know, switch out the photo. Sometimes I take the same pieces of content in an email and you just, make, put them in different order. So this is the lead item. The lead item is check out the media attention we got here. The second article is we've got these great new user reviews coming in. The third thing is sign up, um, uh, follow us on Facebook. We've got lots of people reacting on Facebook. Then just reorder it. Facebook reviews. We had a news article written about us. Do it again, you know, the, the other way. Um, and you send it out over and over. Because so much of this stuff is not about um, conveying information and educating someone and they say, oh, I've already seen it. I already know it. It's about awareness. Like you don't see the Coca-Cola polar bears guzzling Coca-Cola and say, I've already seen these damn bears. No. (laughs) You know, that's not, you don't expect that every commercial be uh, brand new. And that's what all these things are. They're little commercials that we're putting out there that we hope people find interesting and we hope that leads them to some greater engagement. Yeah. Well, I think that's it, my friend. We're using Zencast this week, everyone. So if the audio sounds better, let us know. I think it undoubtedly will. Uh, But we'll be back next week with uh, more advice like this. Thanks, Anar. Yeah. Thank you, Hort.